I take note of people who choose not to handle me with care. I want to be treated like I'm fragile. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how strong I'm perceived to be or how, how adorable anyone thinks I am. I want to be treated like I'm fragile. Welcome to another episode. This is actually really interesting because um, <laughs> it's been a while since I recorded my last episode of Life TBD. That's not as tangible because as I record these episodes, I'm preparing to release them one after another. So it's not really as tangible that I'm going gaps between recording and gaps between thought processes. And I mean, to be honest, I I felt frustrated with myself with the delay in recording. Like in my ideal world, it's November right now and I would be releasing, I would, the episodes would be coming out actively as I speak. However, that's not how my timing's working, and I'm working to give myself a lot of grace because I'm putting a lot of pieces of my puzzle together and figuring out what should go where, what feels best, what's what pieces truly fit. I feel like in a previous era of my life, give it six to 12 months ago, I was cramming pieces to fit into certain areas where the piece isn't really organic and the, and the image didn't make a lot of sense once starting to step away and looking at it at a bigger scale. Now, it's way more important to me to find pieces that are truly aligned so that the image comes out the way that I envision it. Thus, these episodes are taking me a lot longer to produce. So I'm, I'm working to give myself grace in that because I'm human and I'm doing the best that I can do. <laughs> I recently went home to Atlanta. I was deeply craving being home in my city with my people, with my family, with a sense of familiarity. I definitely find myself looking to home when I'm in this uncertain place. And it was really nice. And I I got to see a lot of people that I love and I got to spend a lot of time with my dad. However, it came with an abundance of challenges and a gentle inner reminder of why I'm not home <laughs> and why it's not really home anymore, as well as a lot of reflection for who I am as a person and embracing that despite how others perceive me. And I felt myself like really needing to step out and view myself and my circumstances from a bigger lens. I was also having some physical health things pop up. And so it was very much just like a, like a time to see things from a different perspective. One of the things that came up for me pretty strong through conversations with dad <laughs> is this recurring theme of me being too sensitive. Yeah, I've heard that my whole life from my dad, him thinking that I'm too sensitive or that my feelings are too much. Some of the things that he said to me throughout my life and the way that he subconsciously conditioned me, I can see so much of how I have spent a lot of time in shame for 
being the way that I am. There was an actual moment where my dad said to me that he had always felt like my emotions were a waste of time, which to hear that, I mean, that's literally like (laughs) cue (laughs) re-trauma. And then I heard this. And I was always told, you too sensitive. You know, like, you crying too much, you know, or you know certain things, and it it made me cover that part of that part of mm-hmm. myself up. You know, that's where the mask come in at. Yeah. You know, like, that's where the mask, you, you start to hide behind mm-hmm. this. You start to pretend this ain't how you feel, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it traumatized yeah. me, oh, and yeah. it, it made Shit. me feel afraid to own my sensitivity. I wear my heart on my sleeve proudly. Mm-hmm. You have an experience that teach you more about your emotions, that teach you more about the places where you was neglected as a child. Your sensitivity, not a weakness when you learn how to use it as the gift that it is. This was something I really needed to hear because I am sensitive and I don't believe that's bad, nor do I believe that my emotions or my thoughts or my feelings or my responses are too much. Are there times where I feel like maybe I could have had a different response? Yes. However, I I vehemently disagree with the thought of being too sensitive, being too emotional, being too much. And that soundbite, that excerpt, is a little reminder to me that I'm not the only person who has felt that in their life. And I want to get into it. Today's quote comes from Caitlin Joppa. Really just truthfully found this quote on Pinterest and liked it. I used to dislike being sensitive. I thought it made me weak. But take away that single trait and you take away the very essence of who I am. You take away my conscience my ability to empathize, my intuition, my creativity, my deep appreciation for the little things, my vivid inner life, my deep awareness of others' pain, and my passion for it all. Roughly 20% of the population is considered to be highly sensitive, enough to where psychologists have even given it a term highly sensitive person. A highly sensitive person is a neurodivergent individual who is thought to have an increased or deeper central nervous system sensitivity to physical, emotional, or social stimuli. There are roughly 100 different species that are considered highly sensitive. And through years of research, psychologists and scientists have determined that this is a character trait that is biological, evolutionary, designed to increase survival rate in the wild, in the wilderness. If you think of yourself, if you were to be living in the middle of the jungle, it is valuable to be sensitive to the environment and to be sensitive to stimulus, mostly because anything could lead to fatal consequences should there not be an awareness towards it. There could be a predator or, hey, maybe you're the predator and there's a prey and needing to be aware of the fact that there's a prey in the vicinity. 
It could be sensitivity to a storm. I mean, you hear all the time about how animals are so sensitive to the energetic shifts long before we can tangibly notice that a storm is on its way. Birds are flocking away. Animals are clearing <laughs> the area because instinctively they know that something's going down and they're choosing to listen to that instinctive sensitivity to their environment and to exit to increase their chances of survival. I feel like that's a theme in a lot of my episodes is that most of the things I'm talking about, I'm like, it's survival guys. Our instincts, these things that we're unprogrammed is because we're unprogram unprogramming them because they're our baseline survival instincts. However, I'm not saying that we're unprogramming sensitivity. <laughs> I'm not deeming that as a negative quality to have. Nowadays, and probably back in the day, but for sure nowadays, highly sensitive people tend to come from homes of trauma where there is abuse present or neglect present or some sort of situation that requires an individual to have more sensitivity to the environment and the people around them for higher chances of survival. Admittedly, I am quite sensitive. I have big feelings. I feel very deeply and I love it. I love it about myself. I think it it really is like the quote that I, I had earlier where if I wasn't this, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be me. I would be someone else entirely. And I think that's a really huge part of the process of, of developing the self-love and whatnot is saying, oh yeah, I'm 1010% okay with having these deep feelings, these big emotions, the, this incredible empathy for others, this, this sensitivity to the world. You know, I, I've always been really emotional about animals. <laughs> like since I was a little girl, um, to the point where I, I won't even watch a movie that has any, like if animals are the main character, I will not watch. I will not watch all those, you know, like once every year or two, you get that movie with like a handsome white dude and a golden retriever bonding for years and years and years. And you know, just by watching that commercial about this dog and this man, that by the end of that movie, you are going to be so attached to that dog that you're going to cry. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm projecting. Maybe this is just a me thing. But I know <laughs> I could not watch a movie where they let me get to know this animal just to take them away. I just can't do it. There's a lot of TV shows where I can get attached to a character that's human and I'll have no feelings when they exit. Now, that being said, I'm super sensitive. Like, I'm, I'm the type of person who I watch a TV show, I watch a movie, and for about 24 hours, I'm embodying the energy of that movie. It's why I love, it's why I love, like, nerdy things like, like Harry Potter or... Um, I used to love Marvel or Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, like all these little nerdy fantasy things, because I'm like, for a little bit, for a small chapter of my life, <laughs> I finished watching the movie and I'm like, I too am a Jedi. 
<laughs> because I'm so in it and I'm so sensory oriented and my, my, I get so stimulated by, um, by movies like that, that it just stays with me. And I'm, I'm quite impressionable. And I love that about me because I love, I love feeling that way. Like who doesn't want to feel like they're a Jedi? Like, come on. And if you don't know what a Jedi is, I'm, I am judging you. I have heard my entire life that I am too sensitive. I've also heard it from other sources. I think societally, you know, it's, we live in a society that is built by people who are of the less sensitive variety, people who have less empathy, people who are far more like, you know, grind, 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 hustle, 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 worry about your feelings and your emotions last. And that might be something that as millennials and Gen Z and Gen Alpha, which is what I've heard they're being called, <laughs> comes of age, that we are we are not as in alignment with. I mean, even if you're on a more uh, traditional conservative mentality, I think even in that spectrum, like there's just a lot more room for mental health and to be sensitive and to have feelings and to operate on that more feminine spectrum, even as a masculine person. However, we're very much still in a world and in a society where a masculine, less sensitive, less empathetic approach is the system that requires less sensitivity to thrive. Thus, we're we're still very much encouraged to put the feelings behind us, move forward and get shit done in order to make life work. I recently quit a job that was of the more masculine variety that was in corporate America. It was an incredibly like traditional corporate company, even though it was also a small business. It was, it was really strange. And I'll be honest, I, I brought up a lot of concerns and eventually operating in that space where I wasn't in alignment and I was now at the max threshold capacity I had for functioning in a space that I'm not in alignment with as a sensitive person, I had some, some reactions. I got triggered. That led to a series of events that led to me quitting. And on my last day, I had a conversation with my boss and he said, that I was too sensitive. And I was sitting there and I heard that and I was like, wow, he sounds just like my dad. <laughs> I remember having that conversation with him and, and so many things were revealed and I was like, this was never in alignment. This was never gonna be the position for me. Like I was, I was really forcing it. Being who I am, I was really forcing it. The biggest thing that I'm working to unprogram as I learn to become who I've always meant, been meant to be is to unprogram shame around my emotions and my feelings, mostly because the emotions and the feelings are, are good. They're not bad. They, they have their purpose. They have their reasons for, for being there. The main thing is that because I've had and grown up with so much shame around 
being an emotional and sensitive individual that I was never provided with a set of tools to learn how to process and regulate those emotions in a way that is healthy and allows them to be released. Instead, I would carry shame for feeling the feelings to begin with and then suppress them down and build new coping mechanisms that would encourage me to put my emotions on the back burner and prioritize the feelings of other people at my own expense. And that's called people-pleasing, that's called self-sacrifice, that is the inability to advocate for myself, that's emotional suppression, which ultimately leads to emotional outburst, none of which is productive, none of which supports me and my growth forward. And now I know things that I didn't know back when I was younger. Like there's been so much self-study and so much research and and taking in the tools and and being of the millennial generation in which we began the conversation around mental health. Thus, there's more understanding of the psychological detriments around not tending to mental health, right? However, I I know now, like as a yoga teacher, because <laughs> I say this when I teach yoga, our body stores energy, our body stores our emotions. And this is backed by a book that I, I highly recommend reading or investigating called The Body Keeps the Score by Bezel van der Kolk, which really goes into the idea that Everything we experience, if we don't let it go, if we don't, if we don't let the feelings come up and let them go, they stay inside. Emotional suppression, you store the emotions within the body and the body keeps the memory forever and then shapes, shapes us. In yoga class, one of the postures is called pigeon. And if you've ever taken a yoga class, you, you've been in this shape before and I always say it's an incredibly confrontational posture. And I say that not because it is an incredibly hard thing to do, but because one, there is so much tension in the hips because we store so much stress in our hips. If you think about every time you've ever been going through something, you'll tend to subconsciously take the fetal position, even if you're sitting upright, but that's rolling into a ball of some sort. That's that's coming into yourself and closing off and bringing all this tension into the hips, the hip flexors, the, the chest, the, the core, you know, and, and curling in together. And thus, when we move into a shape like pigeon, which Google it if you have no idea what, what I'm talking about, <laughs> It can feel really confrontational because it's so tight. There's so many things that come up and a lot of people will cry seemingly from nothing because as that tension is released in the hips, some emotions might come up and be wanting to be released. And I actually had that experience for the first time ever uh, since I started practicing yoga. I had that experience two months ago when I was at the early stages of a new transition in life. And I like got into a pigeon posture and I was like, and I just started to cry. <laughs> and I was like, I'm in class. I'm in public. I was like, I'm crying. 
<laughs> I can't seem to stop. But it felt so good because I obviously needed to. And I hadn't been willing to let myself at that at that point, at that stage. And we continue to move through a society that isn't supportive of creating space to feel the things with the things trapped inside the body. Yeah, I think when when that's the case, like I think of times I haven't addressed things like if I'm I'll come in and if I'm like living a life that's not in alignment I'll feel like a lot of tension in my stomach I'll feel like my throat feels kind of closed I can feel everything I want to feel like through tears in my body (laughs) not everyone needs to do it through tears I need to do it through tears that's how I emotionally process but I feel it all And it makes me really prone to anxiety and it really makes me feel unsafe. And it makes me worry that should I allow these things to come up, that I'll be perceived as too much, that I'll be perceived as too sensitive. I have only ever been called too sensitive by people who wanted me to believe that my feelings were not valid, by people who were inconvenienced by my emotions. And it's, it's, when it comes to dating, it's like my biggest red flag. <laughs> if you think I'm sensitive, we're not going to succeed. We're not going to succeed because if if there's not a natural capacity for me to feel safe feeling my feelings around you, then, well, we might as well just call it a day because... I think that's the most important thing to me when it comes to relationships in my life, friends, family, romantic, is to feel safe to have feelings. Because when I don't feel safe to have these feelings and I'm talking to someone who is saying I'm too sensitive or that I can tell that my emotions are inconvenient for them, it makes me ask myself, was that a genuinely upsetting thing or am I blowing this out of proportion? Is this okay for me to be, to feel the things I'm feeling? Like, am I being irrational? And that's the thing. Emotions aren't necessarily rational. However, they very much are valid. And I think the only responsibility we have, that I have in terms of my emotions, is to, is to learn them and understand them and, and work with them instead of against them. And learn how to process them versus to shame them from existing or say that they're not valid or say that the feelings that, like if I'm feeling something, I'm feeling it for a reason. It has never steered me wrong. My intuition is my my strongest quality to who I am. It always guides me in the right direction. And intuition is deeply connected to our emotions and to our feelings. It's kind of why a lot of us like aren't tapped into our intuitions because we don't know how to feel. I believe that's the thing that as a society we're working to reprogram is that you can be you can be emotional and sensitive and rational. Like those things can all exist together. And if we take away shaming people for their emotions, then that gives space for people to learn how to process and regulate their emotions in a healthy way so that those emotions can guide, you know, so those emotions can ping you. Like, this isn't aligned. This is aligned. This isn't aligned. And you know what's so beautiful about being a highly sensitive person is that where there are lows, 
emotional lows. There are emotional highs. There are high highs. I swear to God, I will always feel joy at a stronger capacity than someone who is not as sensitive. Just just plain and simple. The lows are worth the highs. The roller coaster that I live on, worth it. <laughs> worth it. I want to speak to this analogy that really just feels so scrumptious to me. And it's about fragility and strength. Have you ever noticed that the items we possess that hold the most value are often incredibly fragile and easy to break? No matter how strong or durable they seem, because there's so much value in those items, we are vastly aware of how breakable they are. Thus, we treat them with care. We treat them with understanding. We don't try to force them to be more durable or stronger. We accept the fact that with great force, these items could break. And we respect it and honor it. I take note of people, of relationships in my life, whether it's an employer, a friend, a family member, a lover, a significant other, a partner. I take note of people who choose not to handle me with care. I want to be treated like I'm fragile. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care how strong I'm perceived to be or how, how adorable anyone thinks I am. I want to be treated like I'm fragile. And I don't need to be treated with kid gloves. That's not the compensation either. You don't need to be careful with me to the point where I feel like you're walking on eggshells or vice versa. You feel like you're walking on eggshells. I do want TLC though. (laughs) I love some TLC. (laughs) I want the TLC from someone who knows that when too much pressure is applied, I could break. And they want to figure out where that pressure is and how do they support me in preventing me from getting there. We're all fragile and we're all very strong and very durable, yet there is always a breaking point. And the goal is to bend and not break. The goal is to treat each other with care and love, and understanding, and empathy, and patience, and kindness. To close the episode, I come with another quote from Pinterest. I understand now that I'm not a mess, but a deeply feeling person in a messy world. I explain now When someone asks me why I cry so often, I say, for the same reason I laugh so often, because I'm paying attention. Whether you are watching on YouTube, where you can like, comment, and subscribe, or you're listening on Spotify or Apple or other podcast platforms, where you can follow and review, thank you. 
for listening to another episode of Life TBD. Until next time.